friends, you're listening to Crickets to Cha-Chings, a show where we talk about all aspects of running a handmade business and marketing that business for success while still keeping a balance to have flexibility for your family. I'm your host, Lauren Keplinger, and I am so excited to get started. Let's jump right in. Well, hey, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of Crickets to Cha-Chings. My name is Lauren Keplinger, and I am so glad to be back with you for another week of podcasting. Thanks for hanging in there with me while I took a couple of weeks off from the podcast to enjoy uh, some summertime fun with my kids. But I really do love this podcast, so I'm excited to be recording episodes again. Today on this episode, we're going to talk about setting boundaries. This might be something that you don't really think about if you are new to the world of online business and you are maybe new to setting up your shop, just getting started, but it's something that you will inevitably have to deal with if you stay in business long enough, especially as an online business owner. Although I would imagine even if you're running an in-person business, you would still have people that would be challenging your your boundaries at times. Before we jump into this, I do want to say, especially if you are new to business and you're listening and you're like, yikes, what am I getting into here? That the vast majority of people in the online space, just like in real life and on Etsy, are normal, lovely people who respect the boundaries of others and they have realistic expectations about what you can do and what you're gonna do, and they are just normal people. But as with everything else in life, there are always those outliers that make things a little bit more difficult than you wish that they would be. So those are the people that we're really talking about today and kind of how you deal with them from a business owner standpoint, a professional way of dealing with people where you're not going to get upset or to bend over backwards in ways that are not comfortable to you. And a lot of times these kinds of customers don't really feel like a very big deal if you're just getting started and you're not super busy. They might ask for extra customization or they might ask for a rush order and you aren't totally bogged down in order so it doesn't really feel like that big of a deal and you know you can do it and it's just kind of like, okay, should I have to do it? Maybe not, but I'm, I can and so I will and whatever. And that's totally up to you. If you wanna offer those things at no cost when you're just getting started or forever, that is up to you to decide where that feels comfortable. But there are a lot of sellers who get kind of farther into their business, they get busier, and then all of a sudden, these kinds of requests get really overwhelming because you can't make every order a rush order. You can't move everybody to the front of the line. And if you have orders that have to go out that day or they're scheduled to go out that day, all of a sudden, it becomes a bigger deal to have somebody else jump to the, the front of the line and somebody else and somebody else. What does it look like then for you to offer free rush orders if you don't have one person asking, but maybe you have three or five or 20 requests of the same thing? Is that sustainable for you both from a business standpoint and also from 
a mental and emotional standpoint of having to keep up with those orders. And keep in mind that you can always change your mind about this along the way. So even if right now, let's say you are just getting started in business, so you are doing orders really quickly. If somebody asks for a rush order, you just do it. Um, you're getting things out in a really quick processing time. It's no big deal. It's working fine for you. That doesn't mean that all of a sudden you have to change right now to start charging for a rush order um, or that you don't want to do customizations for people just because I'm telling you to have boundaries. <laughs> um, I actually think that some of those things are the benefit to working with a newer shop versus a more established or busier shop. And as a newer shop or as a less busy shop, it can be helpful for you to do those things for a period of time with no extra charges or no extra costs. One thing, um, like with customizations, for example, one of the ways that I built up the inventory in my shop when I was just getting started was to take those custom orders. And if I knew that it was something that would probably sell again or would appeal to other people, um, or even potentially appeal to other people, I would take the custom order, I would do it at the same charge as all the rest of my orders, and I would then list it in my shop and grow my, grow my inventory. So if people asked for a color change or a font change, or at the time I was doing a lot of applique, so if they would ask for, you know, I want this baby boy set, but I want it to have a tiger instead of an elephant or whatever, but you can always change things along the way as you go. So let's say right now that's not a big deal, but a year from now you're a lot busier and all of a sudden that doesn't work for your business anymore. You can add a customization fee later on down the road if you want to. I just want to kind of lay this foundation for you to be thinking about so that you can make sure that you are protecting yourself and protecting your business as you grow and that you don't end up um, kind of reaching a point of burnout or resentfulness uh, at the demands that people are putting onto you in your business. So I want you to think about these as parameters or suggestions or things to think about in terms of your business as a whole. Maybe there are things that people do that bother you or don't bother you. So I want to empower you to draw those boundaries for yourself so that you can maintain that work-life balance that works for you, which might look different than what works for me. I can remember when I was first getting started with my Etsy shop and I would frequently have people, very frequently, who had waited really late to order and they were scrambling for last minute things. They needed it to ship like yesterday. So I'm talking, they would send me a message and they would say, I need it shipped today. And it would be like three o'clock in the afternoon. And I did it because I was kind of desperate for the sales and I wanted to make the sale and I didn't want to turn anybody away. And also I had really bad boundaries. And that worked for a little tiny bit of time when I was brand new and I was excited about every single sale and I wasn't very busy. But then all of a sudden, it really didn't work for me anymore. I, I mean, I would actually say it probably never really worked for me anymore or never really worked for me, but I hit sort of a breaking point where I began to resent the fact that I felt like I couldn't really plan my day or turn off my accessibility with these messages. I feel like I had to jump on everything right away and ship things out like 
as soon as possible. So, you know, they order at three o'clock in the afternoon. I stick my kid in front of the TV and I go make their order and I bring it to the post office so that it can be in the mail by five o'clock. And the moment where I start to resent the customers or resent the demands that people are putting on me, or really what it boils down to is resenting my business, is when I know that what I'm doing is not working for me and that I have not set the parameters or the boundaries within that business in a way that is actually sustainable for me. So at that point, I know that I have to go back to the drawing board and revamp what I'm doing and what I'm allowing people to expect from me because that really is what boundaries are, is where you are allowing people to have expectations that are not comfortable for you and you're allowing it anyway. So drawing that boundary um, brings it back into your control of where it is comfortable and that you're not resentful and that you can have that balance. I think as the Etsy platform has grown, in some ways this has actually kind of gotten better um, because the buyers know more so than they did 10 years ago that these are people that are running a business. They have orders ahead of yours. You're not the only customer. They're probably not gonna ship an hour from now. Um, but the first time that you get somebody that has those expectations, it can be really challenging to deal with, especially if you are newer, which I do think that this tends to happen more with newer shops. Like the people who want to take advantage of you tend to do that more so when you are newer. I very rarely get some of these messages that we're going to talk about in a second anymore where I did when I was first getting started. I think our natural inclination as people who are running a business, and particularly I think this is true for women, is to kind of bend over backwards for people and to do what they're asking you to do or to do your best to help them, even if you feel like what they're asking from you is a little bit ridiculous. You do it anyway, you try to be nice about it, and you want to make them happy. But how do you combat feeling like you're being taken advantage of? Or how do you draw those boundaries for your business to allow for that balance in your life where you don't feel like you just have to be at everyone's beck and call all the time, bending over backwards for people in a way that is not really working for you? The first thing that I would say here is to set a rush order or customization fee. I know that you feel like it's not it's no skin off your back to do something quickly or to get something out ahead of schedule, and it might not be. But when you start to feel like you're not getting any time off from your business or from people's expectations of how fast you're going to get things out or how much you're going to be able to customize it or how much you're going to want to customize it or whatever... When you get to the feel like what you're doing in the job that you're doing is not in line with the price that you're charging for your product, set an additional fee for the people who want additional changes or additional time from you, which is what those changes are doing. I used to charge $15 for a rush order fee. And if people really wanted a product rushed, they would pay it. But I also had plenty of people who would message me and ask me to rush their order and I would the I would direct them to the rush order listing fee or the the fee that I had set up as a listing and explain in a message, you know, how it worked for them. You can check out with this rush order listing and 
you know, this is what it's going to provide for you. This is how it's going to change the processing time, whatever. And then they would say, well, never mind. I'll just take the regular processing time. So what that tells me there is that they want me to rush it for them as long as I'm just bending over backwards for free. But if it costs them extra, then it's not really worth it to them. So I'm going to draw that boundary there because if it's not worth it to you to spend the money to have it rushed, then why would it be worth my time to jump at your beck and call and rush it to you for free. The expectation that I would rush it for free, but you don't want to pay for it because it's not really actually very valuable to you is kind of offensive. So by adding that rush order or customization fee, it takes away those freebie seekers who just want you to rush it because they're impatient. And it allows the people who actually do value your time and value the extra effort that you're putting into customizing it through multiple rounds of customization or rushing it or whatever to pay that fee and get it done in the time frame that they want. But it puts the ball in their court. If it's not really worth it to them, they won't pay for it and then that's fine. And if it is worth it to them, then they will pay for it and then that's fine too. So the people that value what you're actually doing will pay and the other people won't. And then you, you know, you still follow the guidelines that you set in your policy and your processing times to get it out in the time frame that's expected. You're just not rushing it. There are really polite ways of explaining this in a message that draws that boundary really clearly. And again, throws the ball back to them, puts the onus on them to either pay for the rush order fee or to not have it rushed. You're giving them options like a toddler, like you can either have this one or this one. You can either pay the rush order fee and have it rushed, or you don't have to pay the fee and you can have it in the normal time frame. Either way should be fine with you. Your rush order fee should be at a level high enough that if somebody purchases it, and you actually have to do, you know, you actually have to rush the order that it's worth it to you. But it also just allows them to have those options. So it's very clear to them if they don't pay for that rush order fee, then they're not going to get it rushed. And that's fine. They've made that choice. Which brings me to my second point. Don't be afraid to say no. I know that this is hard if you're just getting started or you're struggling for sales. And so you're kind of bending over backwards for every sale that you're making. And again, I want to tell you that these are just my suggestions and my experience. What this actually means practically in your shop is up to you. Of course, you're free to offer whatever you want in your shop in terms of where you set those boundaries. I just want to give you permission to set them where you actually feel comfortable setting them rather than feel like you're just kind of allowing this runaway train to take over your life. So if you want to do every single customization under the sun and rush things for no additional cost, of course you can do that. But a lot of people struggle to say no even when they don't want to do something. I have seen countless messages in Facebook groups and even in my Scale Your Sales group where people will ask how to respond to some ridiculous request that someone has sent them. These would look like somebody messaging you saying that they don't have the money to buy your product and they hope that you'll just send it to them for free, which (laughs) if you've never gotten a message like that, you might think that I'm exaggerating or I'm making this up, but this is actually a pretty common one. I am definitely not making it up. There are a lot of people who just want free stuff. 
Or it might look like somebody uh, slightly, <laughs> slightly higher in the uh, chain of people who have ridiculous expectations, but somebody will message you and ask for a charitable donation for some sort of sob story that they have that may or may not be true. They're raising money for a silent auction. They're raising money for this charity, whatever. They want you to donate a product. Do you have an idea for a great podcast? You can bring your idea to life and start your podcast today with Libsyn. Our podcast has been on Libsyn for three years since we first started, and we love it. Libsyn has everything you need to plan, launch, and grow your own podcast. Libsyn provides some of the best resources created by expert podcasters who will show you everything you need to know, like what equipment you should use, how to record great audio, how to get your show on Apple Podcasts and other popular platforms, and much more. Plus, as a friend of Crickets to Cha-Chings, when you sign up with Libsyn, you get your first month of podcast hosting for free. There has never been a better time than right now for you to start podcasting. Visit Libsyn.com and use code FRIEND, F-R-I-E-N-D, that's Libsyn, L-I-B-S-Y-N.com, and use code FRIEND, F-R-I-E-N-D, to get started and create your podcast today. Or it might be somebody who's not even asking for free physical products, but they're asking about some part of your process or your supplier or some aspect of your design that they want to be able to replicate and they're asking you to just give them this information. I have absolutely no qualms about saying no. People who have good boundaries in their lives are not even going to ask these questions. So the fact that somebody is asking for this information or for you to give them free stuff or whatever to begin with is, is ridiculous. You are not the bad guy for saying no to someone's ridiculous request. And I will tell you that that there's oftentimes pushback with these kinds of people. I have had people ask for, for instance, supplier information. Um, or when I was doing appliques, they would email me and say, like, where did you get this applique design? Uh, and I would say, like, no, I'm not going to tell you. Or, you know, this this is a vendor that I've been working with for years that I found online. Or, you know, I'd give them some really vague information that wasn't really helpful at all. And they would basically verbally attack the fact that there's absolutely nothing proprietary about my products, which there's not. But that doesn't mean that I have to give you my supplier information for absolutely no reason. I don't owe you that explanation. I don't owe you that information. And if it's so easy for you to find that online, which is like I got a message one time asking for an applique design. And I was like, you know, I can't, I can't even remember what I said, but it was something along the lines of like, I don't give out information about my business. And this person just went nuts on me. You know, you can find this so easily online. There's nothing special about your products. I don't, you know, you think you're doing something that's unique and special, but there, you know, there's nothing great. And I'm like, okay, fine. Then if it's so easy to find that information online and there's nothing special about it and you can find it through Google, then Google it. Why are you emailing me and asking me? <laughs> I'm not the bad guy here for saying no. These people are people who are not respectful of the fact that you're running a business to begin with. So when you say no, or when you put that boundary in place, they are going to be the first ones to be mad about it. But this isn't a nonprofit. This is a business. I'm not here to send people stuff for free. And there's like a million things in my life that I would like to buy, but I don't have the money to afford. So I don't buy them. I don't email the company and ask them to send it for me for free because I have a budget problem. 
So when I put it like that, hopefully it helps you to see how ridiculous this request is to begin with. There is no part of you that should feel bad saying no to people who are asking for things that they shouldn't even be asking for to begin with. And they are banking on the fact that especially newer sellers, I, I again, I haven't gotten an email or a message asking for donated products or free products in a really long time, which tells me that these people prey on newer sellers. They prey on the inexperience. They prey on the fact that you don't have the confidence to say no or that you're new to it and you're not 100% sure enough in your business or in your you know, customer service and what you're offering and everything that you're not going to say. Of course, you can't have that for free. Why would I give it to you for free? Um, <laughs> But again, you don't have to be ugly about it. I would not even recommend being ugly about it because these people are going to lose their mind on you if you're ugly about it. So I simply mark, you know, if somebody asks me about supplier requests or applique or design stuff, I just mark it as spam. I move on with my life without answering. Things like charitable contributions. I mean, you, now with the star seller and the ability to mark things as spam, you can just do that. You don't even have to respond to them. You mark them as spam and move on with your life. If you do feel like you owe them some sort of response, which again, I will tell you that you do not owe them anything. So I would really encourage you to mentally really start thinking about the unemotional aspect of the fact that you're running a business. Um, but if for some reason you want to respond to them, I would simply say, you know, I donate locally to causes that are important to me. Best of luck with your fundraiser. There is no other explanation that you really need to um, offer. And frankly, I mean, we're all being hit up all the time for money and support and time and everything. So it does make more sense to give locally. Why would I donate to some random person who I don't know's GoFundMe sob story? There's a million sob stories in my local area where I can make an impact um, in, you know, in the community that I actually live in. So you can be kind and you can be nice about it if you feel like responding. If you don't feel like responding, mark it as spam and let it go. Don't allow it to take up a lot of headspace. Um, and you know, you can do all of that while still holding your boundary and not feeling like you're being taken advantage of. That being said, I do want to repeat again that if you feel called to give to something or you have connected with somebody in some way and then they ask for something, of course you don't have to have a boundary all the time. Of course you can support whatever you want to support. I am just coming from the aspect where I see these messages, I see these, you know, people that email me or DM me or whatever asking what they should do. And I want to empower you to make that decision and to not feel like you're required or obligated to say yes when you really don't want to say yes. If you wanted to say yes, you wouldn't be emailing me asking me what you should do. <laughs> you would just say yes and do it and that would be great. Um, but people email me or ask me this question because they don't really want to say yes and they don't know how to say no. So I want to empower you to say no when you don't want to do it, 
say yes when you want to do it. And to, again, really think about this as a business. Like you are not a nonprofit. There are lots of places that people can go get free things. <laughs> there are lots of local companies that donate to silent auctions. There are always, you know, when tragedies happen or somebody has a, some sort of tragic circumstance, there are always people in that local community that raise funds and do that kind of stuff. So the fact that they are even asking random businesses on Etsy is kind of weird to begin with. Your scam flag should be like majorly waving. But even if it's not a scam, it doesn't mean that you're obligated to help every single person that asks you for your help. Lastly, I want to just kind of remind you and um, help you to really let this sink in that not all money is good money. Again, I know that this is probably something that's harder to hear if you're a newer shop or somebody who is struggling for sales. And I am really hitting these points because I have been there and I have bent over backwards and I have burned myself out feeling like I was never going to have a good boundary with my business and it kind of took over my life. So, so many of us in the online space, I think, end up really struggling between availability and accessibility of the internet and work-life balance. I actually asked about boundaries on my Instagram, if you follow me on Instagram, and I got all kinds of stories from y'all about the things that people have expected in terms of a ton of different, like multiple rounds of customizations to people messaging you at all hours of the night and expecting immediate responses to the most dramatic story, which someone told me on Instagram about somebody showing up at their house, even after they told them that it was an online business and they could not come to their house. Uh, thankfully, I've never had anyone show up at my house or I would call the police, but I have had people for sure that I turned away because I just did not want to work with them. I had a lady earlier this year who sent me 40 messages on Etsy about a baby blanket. I actually tried to tell her earlier in that message sequence that I didn't want to work with her. I did not want to take this custom order. And it was very clear to me from pretty early on in her message thread that I, I really didn't want to do this order. And she ended up messaging me back and saying she realized that what she was asking for was confusing and she wanted to clarify. And I did not draw a good boundary because she seemed a little bit more reasonable in that message. And so I, I waffled a little bit. My confidence shook a little bit in drawing that hard boundary. And so 40 messages later um, with I don't even know how many customizations, the things she wanted on the blanket, it was all freaking over the place what she was saying. Um, I was really, uh, stuck there. So now keep in mind that I make monogrammed baby blankets. So there's not a whole lot of customization other than the letters and the font. And I don't take custom orders at this point in my business. So the fact that this lady was even asking for all these kind of random things on all different places on the quilt, designs and sayings and signatures, and it was like the most random crazy thing. I ended up finally just shutting her down, which I, I should have done so much earlier, but I was like, I am not gonna be able to do this for you. I'm, I'm not gonna take this order. 
and she was really mad. But the $45 that I was gonna make on this order was not nearly worth the headache of dealing with this person. After 40 messages, I still cannot even really tell you what she wanted on the blanket. So there is no way that I would have been able to produce a product that would have fit with the vision that she had in her mind. And she was kind of just a nightmare customer all, all around. She wanted immediate responses. She would message me multiple times if I didn't respond within like an hour. All the red flags were there. I should have shut it down way sooner rather than allowing it to even get to 40 messages. But that's where I say not all, good, not all money is good money. There is no way that this customer would have been happy with the final product. There, I guarantee you, whoever she bought from, she was not happy with it. There was no way that you were gonna be able to make her happy. So I would have ended up spending all this time that I already spent answering all the messages, then actually creating the custom order and multiple rounds, I'm sure, of mock-ups because I had no idea what she wanted. I probably wouldn't have charged enough for all these customizations. And then the actual time it took to, to create the product, and I guarantee you she would have given me a bad review. There's just, there's no way that she would have been happy. So at this point in all the experience that I have dealing with people online, those red flags show themselves pretty quick to me. And I'm pretty quick to say I'm not interested in doing this. I, I don't wanna take this order and I don't want to, to <laughs> I don't wanna move forward. I really don't want to end up in a situation where I have an unhappy customer. So when I feel like it is headed that way where they're not likely to be happy no matter what I do and I'm unlikely to be able to produce what they have in their mind in my actual product, I would much rather turn down the order. It sa saves me the headache of dealing with them and it saves the headache of them having a product that they don't like and it saves both of us from a bad review and a bad experience all around. My only regret in that situation is that I did not shut it down like five messages into it when it was very clear to me that this was not an order that I wanted to take, but she kind of had a trifecta of you know, needing it quickly, wanting all these custom things and a sob story that went along with it, which made me not able to say, not, not, not able, that's not the right way of saying it. I was able to say no, I just didn't. And I should have. And I ended up allowing it to go on for way too long. And then she was really mad that I wasted her time, that it took her to write me 40 messages <laughs> um, and that she had to start over with somebody else. But that's where I say, I should have turned down that order really quickly. It would have saved both of us that whole process. And that would not have been a good a good experience for me to create the product. And, um, you know, that $45 for that quilt was not nearly worth the amount of time that it was consuming in my business. Again, when you only have one person like that, you're kind of, you know, hopefully you shake it off and whatever. But when you think about how that multiplies exponentially as your shop grows, maybe you have two customers like that, maybe you have five, maybe you have 10 that are all of a sudden consuming all of this time. You cannot run a profitable business if you have people who are sucking up a disproportionate amount of time to the actual investment that they've made into a product. So you're buying a $45 baby blanket that has a three letter monogram on it, it's pretty cut and dry. It really shouldn't take 40 messages. If it takes 40 messages, it says that there's a major breakdown in communication here. Now, I that being said, if you're finding that a lot of people have a lot of questions about your products, perhaps there is a communication issue and you're not explaining things well in your listing or in your pictures or in your description or whatever. But 
my products are not complicated. This lady was very much an outlier. Um, and so it, it should have not, not been 40 messages for sure. So most of all in this episode, I really want you to have the confidence to say yes to the things that are comfortable to you and no to the things that immediately give you that spidey sense that this is not going to go well. This is not somebody I really want to deal with. This is not a transaction that I want to get knee deep in. I know that there is a saying that the customer is always right, but they're just not, especially in this internet day where people think that the second that they email you, they should have a response and that you're at their beck and call. You have to draw those boundaries to allow yourself to step away from the business and have the kind of balance that you want in your life that probably led you to create this business to begin with. And again, that might look different for you than it does in what I've talked about in this episode or what I do in my own shop, but I want you to have the confidence to allow yourself not just to feel like you have to bend over backwards for every single person or feel like if you turn down a sale, there's never going to be another one. By having those clear boundaries and policies in place to protect your business, it is fair for everybody that's involved, including all of the customers and you, and you don't have to feel like anyone's taking advantage of you or taking advantage of your time and your expertise and your creativity in a way that you do not appreciate. Thanks so much for tuning in. I would love to continue this conversation and connect with you over on Instagram. I am at lauren.keplinger and I am in my DMs and interacting with people all the time. So if you have questions about the episode, follow up, thoughts, comments, whatever, shoot me a DM and I would love to connect with you. I will see you back here, same time, same place next week. Bye for now.